This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In a recent conversation with a colleague about social justice reform and eliminating racism, I made the comment that racism is something you learn over time through your family, your culture, and your environment. Growing up in Lexington, Kentucky in the 1960s through the early 80s, I witnessed racism in a variety of ways. However, I never thought about those actions as racist because they were commonplace and part of the family, culture, and environment. The reality is, however, and I'm sad to say it, is that at one point in my life, I was a racist. It was early 1984 when I recognized my thoughts and attitudes had begun to change. I was a new general manager of Ken's Pizza in Griffin, Georgia. When I asked people if they know where Griffin, Georgia is located, most don't. So I would respond by saying, well, Griffin is somewhere between Atlanta and the Civil War. The reason for that reference came from an encounter I had with two customers on my first day as general manager. It went like this. After our lunch rush, two little old ladies called me over to their booth. I walked over and introduced myself and asked if they enjoyed their pizza. They both said that they did. Then one of the ladies looked me in the eye and said, it's nice to have a white general manager for a change. What? I was, I was stunned. I, I, I really didn't know what to say. And I said, excuse me, I need to get back to work. It was 1997 when I realized that my opinions, attitudes, and mindset had totally changed. The realization came to me during a conversation with my father about the potential hiring of Tubby Smith, an African-American, to be the new basketball head coach at the University of Kentucky. My father swore that there would never be a black head coach at UK. When I pointed out that Tubby was an assistant coach at UK from 1989 to 1991, he said that being an assistant was okay. Turns out my dad was wrong. Tubby Smith was hired as the head coach at UK in March of 1997. You know, it's a little ironic that my father said that because he told me a story about his Greek stepfather trying to open a second business in Harlan, Kentucky in the 50s, only for it to be burned to the ground by the KKK because a Greek could only have one business. A perfect example of some self-appointed superior group telling someone else they're not allowed to do something. That was also the year that I was introduced to improv comedy, 1997. As I began to recognize that improv is more than just being funny, that's really a leadership philosophy and a way of life, my awareness, attitudes, and beliefs began to change dramatically. The improv concept of yes and teaches us to suspend our judgment, park our ego, listen to understand, and to be empathetic. 
Yes, and an improv isn't about pushing a tired old belief forward just because this is the way it's always been. It isn't about looking at others as second or third class citizens and making decisions based on stereotypes. It's not about listening and only responding to push your tired and outdated agenda. Yes, and is just the opposite with a lot of empathy. Empathy is not putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Empathy is trying to understand how that person feels in their shoes. Yes, and an improv is about humanity. No matter someone's race, everyone is a human being coming from a wide variety of backgrounds and cultures. These people are sons, daughters, fathers, mothers, oxygen-breathing, emotional humans. It's all about the acceptance and moving forward. It's about trying to understand how the other person feels in their shoes. When was the last time you tried doing that by suspending your judgment, parking your ego, and truly listening to understand rather than just responding? Last year, an African-American friend of mine and I were talking just before my family's annual vacation to Sanibel Island in August. Just before we hung up, he said, be careful that you don't get too dark. The police might pull you over. I can't imagine getting pulled over just because of the color of my skin. But we see and hear about it all the time. What would I feel like if an officer pulled me over just because of the color of my skin? Or that they simply could just pull me over? Especially when I knew that I'd done nothing wrong. My favorite conference to speak is the National Association of Black Accountants. And I've spoken there for five years in a row. I remember the first time I was there, I was walking the halls with an African-American woman who asked me, don't you feel nervous? I replied, by what? And she said, you know, you, you kind of stand out from most who, well, you kind of stand out from everybody who's attending this conference. I replied, when I see someone who's a different color than me, I try to see them as who they are, a father husband, wife, mother, son, daughter, who's trying to make the best life for themselves and their families, just like I'm trying to do. A female colleague shared a story with me about traveling to the East Coast on business and missing her Amtrak train and having to walk into a small town in Connecticut in a notably bad area. As she was leaving the train platform, she saw a group of young black men heading toward the platform and her through an empty parking lot. She admittedly had a moment, a moment of fear based on familiar and cultural conditioning, and then she stopped, changed her thought that moment to one of gratitude, and instead of being afraid, she walked up to the young men, dropped her bags, and thanked them for coming to rescue her. They gathered around her, helped her find a place to stay for the night, exactly what they had intended when they first saw her. Being silent and not enacting positive change is not the way to create change, especially in difficult times like these. There are too many leaders who think that they are leaders when they're just not, period. As I heard Simon Sinek say during an interview, leadership has nothing to do with your title. Leadership is the positive effect you have on another person. The positive effect. And to enact positive change in the elimination of social injustice and racism, white people need to quit talking and start listening. We need to hear the conversation for what it is and not what we want it to be. 
We need to take the improviser's mindset to search for a solution versus creating a bigger divide for our own self-interest. I have heard many of an improviser say, if everyone would just take one improv course, the world would be a better place. This, my friends, is an example of leadership and hyperdrive powered by improv. If you'd like to learn more about how improv is a powerful leadership philosophy, please contact me at peter at petermargaritas.com. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.